everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Vegan Proteins Muscles by Brussels Radio. I'm Danny. And I'm Giacomo. And this is our 11th episode. Is it our 11th, though? I think it's our 11th. Maybe it's our 10th. We keep losing track. <laughs> So a couple weeks back, we were in Seattle for the Seattle Veg Fest, which I think we mentioned before, and we were able to sit down and talk with Ashley Harrison, who actually we were staying with her and her husband, and she has she has like life figured out in a way that I can't even comprehend. She has a little life hack for absolutely everything, and it's kind of like it's kind of awe-inspiring to sit back and watch it actually. You know, it's really funny you mentioned that because I was actually uh, texting her this morning and I was saying how uh, just that I need to go back there and, and visit her and she, and because she just seems to have life figured out and she started laughing and it's like, what do you mean? What made you think of that? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, we've been pretty busy lately and life is kind of chaotic and stuff is all over the place and we, we could use some Ashley life hacks right about oh, now. Oh, I've never felt like my house was so dirty Ugh. in my entire life as I did staying with Ashley. <laughs> Just like perfectly decorated everything, not a speck of a crumb anywhere to be seen. Oh, God. It's not like that here. We try, though. We do try. But when you have four animals running around you all the time, cleaning up is just... Sometimes it's like, why am I even bothering doing this? I have so much going on right now, too. And, and if you don't have those, those uh, Ashley life hack systems in place before you start, before the madness starts, it can be challenging. Well, one of the things Ashley has down is she, her meal prep is out of control. It's so beautiful. She's one of those people whose meal prep like looks beautiful and not like a big sloppy mess at the end of it. It just looks beautiful. It looks enticing. You would think making your food seven days in advance would kind of be like boring I have to eat this for seven days but somehow she manages to make it look really good and it's very very organized and she is the genius of meal prepping so without further ado we'll get to our interview with Ashley Harrison here also known as the meal prep queen All right, today we have Ashley Harrison with us to talk about meal prepping because she's basically like the meal prepping queen. Uh, Ashley Harrison is a figure competitor on Team Plant Built. She lives in Seattle, Washington, which is where we are right now at the time of this recording. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ashley. All right. How long have you been vegan? I'm going on two years. Just real chatterbox. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> How long have you been meal prepping? Uh, about the same amount of time. Because you started ve- being vegan and sort of getting into the bodybuilding scene at the same time, right? Yes. All right. Cool. So, how did you start meal prepping? Uh, well, I tend to work long days at work. I work four ten-hour shifts, and I work um, pretty far from home, so I'm gone. With going to the gym in the morning, probably. 14 hours a day. So I quickly learned that I needed to be meal prepping so that I would be able to stay on my goals while I'm trying to 
train for a contest. So. Yeah, Ashley is super, super busy. We've been staying with her and her husband, Christopher, this week while we're here in Seattle. And this morning I woke up in what I thought was the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And they were literally already gone. Like it was still <laughs> dark outside and they were like already probably done working out for the day. So it's pretty impressive that in all of that, they're able to keep up with their nutrition by making sure that they meal prep every week. How often do you do your meal prep? Uh, Once a week. And we grocery shop usually on Saturday. That tends to be our day. We go to get up, go to the gym, maybe get coffee. Um, We come home as we're eating after the gym and we sit down and make our entire grocery list for what we need. We both have completely different needs. So Christopher is responsible for making his own uh, grocery list and I do mine. And then we go grocery shopping and we come home, put it all away. If there's anything that needs to be taken care of, I will. So one of the things that I am obsessed with is cilantro and it comes pretty soggy. So that's one of the only things before I put it away is I'll put a paper towel in the cilantro bag and then all of our food gets put away. And then we meal prep on Sunday mornings. So you go shopping on Saturday and then you meal prep on Sunday. It's not your favorite cilantro? I hate cilantro. I really hate cilantro. There's a website. It's called IHateCilantro.com. There's a large community of us. If you hate cilantro, you are not alone. Aww. I like cilantro, Ashley. Good. So Ashley lives in a a really big, nice house. They have a beautiful kitchen, um, but she has a lot of roommates. So there's a lot of like sharing of kitchen space. And how do you find that that impacts your ability to meal prep? Well, we do have a great kitchen. I mean, I do have to say that we're probably luckier than most people. I have two ovens, um, a gas range, dishwasher, lots of cupboard space, lots of counter space. However, um, we do live in this house with six of us total. And Christopher and I pretty much try to put all of our prepared food on one drawer, or I should say on one shelf in the fridge and one drawer for our vegetables and then we each only have each of us has a cupboard essentially so we do have we do extend a little bit farther than that with condiments that we share with everybody in the house and sometimes like our soy milk and such but for the most part we're able to keep an entire week's worth of separated foods Um, again because christopher and i eat completely differently pretty much on like one little tiny shelf in the kitchen so we stack a lot of tupperware and such in there (laughs) and that's pretty impressive because when i do meal prepping for the week to to save on time i actually take up half of our refrigerator and danny just doesn't even understand it so that's that's pretty crazy that you get it on one shelf and and one draw and so what she's saying is it can be done it sounds like it (laughs) so you need to work on that (laughs) i think you take up the space that you're given so we try to be courteous to our roommates and they're in turn good with us um we're also pretty lucky our roommates don't also shop the way that we do so you know if they were all shopping for the entire week and meal prepping i think we might have a harder time Mm -hmm. Um, but our roommates are all mostly single and they tend to eat a couple days at a time so i think we're lucky in that regard as well have you found any like big pains in the asses with meal prepping? Um, yes, I have significantly changed my meal prep from a year ago. I have greatly sim- simplified it. I used to do uh, a lot of extras, I guess, and 
wanting to make sweet potatoes and pressing tofu and cooking tofu ahead of time. And I found that my tastes have changed enough that I tend to like things to be simpler. So um, I don't tend to cook a lot of things ahead of time, but I do like to have hot food for dinner. So um, if I'm going to have kale or vegetables of some kind, I will dice them and prepare them, but they go in the refrigerator cold now and I just cook it at night. Because oftentimes when I come home, it's about 6.30, and because I do get up around 4 to 4.30, I go to bed by 8. Mm -hmm. So I want to be in bed pretty quickly. So oftentimes I'll come home, I'll throw that stuff in a pan with some garlic and let it saute on its own while I go shower and get ready for the day. Or I'll throw it in the oven and let it kind of bake and then come out and get it anywhere from a half an hour, 45 minutes later, depending and then it's ready. So I don't need to have it pre-cooked and then heating up somewhat mushy food. So back back when you were cooking a bunch of different things, what were some of the things, what were some of the tips that you had for getting that done in the shortest amount of time possible? Uh, well, any time that I had anything that needed to be cooked or baked, I did first. So I've always had salad. I'm a firm believer in having salad for lunch. That's like my favoriteest thing ever. And it's the best way to get all my greens. So I would lay out all my salad stuff to get ready. And then I would do... I'll like say I'd have potatoes. So I'd dice my potatoes, put them in the oven, get my tofu starting pressed, put those in the oven when I was done with my potatoes. And again, I'm lucky because I have two ovens, but oftentimes I'd still only use one and kind of rotate those out. And then while that stuff is baking, wash those dishes for what I've used and then start doing my salads and get my salads ready to go. Does your food get like soggy and gross in the fridge by the end of the week? Not usually. So what I tend to do, um, which I have found over time has helped so much, and I can't reiterate this enough, and people ask all the time, I will put, lay out all my Tupperware, I count how many salads that I need, I'll buy a big thing of lettuce, either at the farmer's market, or if um, I need to, just in the pre-packaged plastic from the store, and I put a little half sheet of paper towels, we like to buy those select a size kind, and I just will take either half of one of those or fold it in half, stick it in the bottom of the Tupperware, and then I just toss in the lettuce. I don't really have any rhyme or reason. I just make whatever I bought last for however many salads I need. Um, and I keep my salads pretty simple. There's some type of mixed lettuce, uh, cherry tomatoes, mushrooms, cilantro, and green onions. Um, and I found that that is what makes me the most satisfied, and it's not too overly complicated and then I let once I lay all that stuff out in each of my Tupperwares I just let it set the rest of the time I'm doing any of my other meal prep so anywhere from an hour to two hours and sometimes it even sits there longer than when I'm done with my meal prep I basically want it to be pretty much dry and then I'll put the lids on it and stick them in the fridge and since I do this on Sunday by the time Saturday rolls around there's maybe a couple pieces of brown lettuce I have to pick out I do find that if I'm lucky enough to be able to go to the farmer's market, it just lasts so much longer. There's less stuff I have to pick out. And my thought is that they probably got that lettuce that morning. Yeah, it's probably pretty fresh. Whereas the stuff from the store, even if it's organic, who knows when it was picked. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, that's a good point. So that's like one of one of the best tips ever is put a paper towel underneath your salad and then let it air out for a couple hours before you put it in the fridge. And it'll last a lot longer. I never, ever would have thought of that. And I think that that one tip alone is going to help a lot of people. I also try to get a Tupperware that's big enough that you're not cramming it in there because that then the lettuce won't really ever get dry. So I try not to pack it in there too much. And that helps. 
All right, so so you have all this food prepped out for the week, and you found how to make it fit just right in the refrigerator, even with living with six people. Now, when it comes time to take the food with you for the day, and how do you pack it? How does it stay fresh throughout the day? And you know how? Well, how do you? I guess how do you get your meals ready and and eat them on the road? So every night that I come home, I go through what I'm going to be eating the next day and set it out on the counter. And I have to literally go through it meal by meal because I wouldn't be in trouble if I forgot something, which has happened. And then, you know, I'm stuck at work and I have no option for food, especially at some of our offices. There's no grocery stores or even a cafe in there. So if I'm if I don't bring something, I'm out of luck. So I put everything I'm going to take for the day in a separate part of the refrigerator. And then in the morning, when I get up at 4.30, I can grab it. I throw everything in my six-pack bag. That just so happens to be the best thing for me. They have a little backpack one um, that I carry around, and it's great. My hands are free. And um, I do that because it has the little cold pouch in there that I can keep cold because I have I leave it in the car until about 7.30 when I get to work. So when I get to work, I can stick it all in the fridge, and there's never a problem in the fri- at the fridge at work to put my food in. But that's how I transport it. And then I come home, and all the Tupperware gets washed immediately after work, either by myself or my fantastic husband. And we hand wash it so that it um, doesn't get mixed in with the general population of our house. If we lived alone, I probably wouldn't care so much about it going in the dishwasher, but we hand wash it so that it can be placed away properly in our proper cupboard away from everyone else so that we don't lose any pieces of our Tupperware. Yeah, I asked before we started recording this, I asked Ashley if she like when she loses a lid to a Tupperware container, if she throws the rest of it away. And she said, I've never lost a lid. She's never lost a friggin lid. She's the only person in the goddamn world who has never lost a Tupperware lid. I just had to let you all know that. That's how good she is. That's like saying I've never lost a sock in the, in the laundry before. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, another thing that Ashley and Christopher do that's really, really cool, while they're meal prepping, they also do their laundry at the same time. So they're getting all these tasks done at once. Is there anything else you guys have going while you're doing that? Generally, it's mostly just laundry um, chores. And luck- I'm very lucky Christopher tends to handle all that. So I don't want to take credit for something that he does. I'm very lucky that I have a supportive spouse and someone who um, helps me and supports the crazy things I do with bodybuilding. But not only does he, does he support me emotionally, but physically doing all kinds of stuff around the house to help. So Yeah, and, and it's like, you know, but even without bodybuilding, like like you mentioned, when you have a very busy lifestyle, meal prepping can be incredibly helpful. I mean, you know, Christopher, for example, isn't meal prepping for bodybuilding reasons. He's doing it because he wants to make sure that he's eating healthy and he has his food throughout the day. Because, I mean, how many people do you know of that have busy lifestyles and they're eating maybe once or twice a day and they find themselves having all sorts of, you know, options that they wouldn't necessarily have wanted to have but you know it's just because they had no choices and they have to get get their food in and then when they come home at the end of the night they're ravenous and they just eat a ton before they go to bed that's not the best thing for you it probably feels really bad when you have to go to sleep early on a stomach that full 
And that would be my problem. Christopher, uh, what I like about him doing his meal prep is he's the exact opposite. He's the kind of person that won't eat. Um, or if he becomes too busy, he's too tired to eat. So for me, what I like about it for him is that I can guarantee he's actually going to eat. So when he comes home and he's too tired, he doesn't really have that excuse to say, well, I don't know what I'm going to make for dinner. I'll just eat pickles. Uh-huh. <laughs> he will actually eat some food this way, which he may not eat all of it, but at least he has nutritious food that he's thought of and put time and effort into preparing and will eat it. Yeah, there's some phenomenon about meal prepping. Like once you've actually cooked it and prepared it, you are way more likely to eat it than mm-hmm. if you just had the ingredients sitting in your fridge and had to come home and actually make it then. Maybe you would skip it if you're kind of tired. But once you make it, you're way more likely to actually eat it, which is the point. Yes. So one complaint that I hear about people who meal prep a lot is that their kitchen is just destroyed afterwards. Do you have any tips for that? Yes. Do your dishes as you go. It's huge. Um, so Christopher and I tend to have completely different meal meals to prep, um, but also what that entails. And So generally, we try to each clean up as we go. He may have a significant amount more dishes than I do or vice versa. And um, he may be at a spot where he isn't necessarily prepping anything at the moment or getting prepared to do the next thing. And we kind of just try to keep on top of the dishes as we go. He does tend to do more of the dishes than I do. (laughs) But I think that a lot of it is he's just trying to help because I tend to have a little bit more to do than him. Yeah, I think it really helps too. Uh, even if you don't have a lot of counter space or a larger kitchen, it can still be done. I mean, we have a smaller kitchen than yours, and so it can be kind of challenging to to do dishes as you go when you're preparing food and basically washing dishes in the same on the same counter. But but I found it to be a lot more helpful, like you said, if you do them, if you do the dishes as you're going along. Otherwise, you're just going to have a huge pile of a cleanup afterwards. And we do have a dishwasher, um, but we tend to just put a really hot sink full of water, soapy water, and we hand wash a lot of dishes. And then in addition to that, we I think we both try to reuse dishes if needed or think about what we're chopping and chop in that order. Like I'll chop up my strawberries and then maybe do green onions after my strawberries because I don't care if my green onions taste like strawberries, but I don't want my strawberries to taste like green onions, but I won't necessarily need to get a new cutting board for that or even a new knife. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Cutting cutting things up in that order. I've also started cutting a lot of things with scissors instead of knives because um, I'm lazy. Like and, green onions. Yep, and cilantro. I yep. just cut it over my sandwich or my salads. I do the same thing actually. So much better. <laughs> um, another thing that I find helpful when back in the day when I used to meal prep large portions at a time is to, since we have a small kitchen, I would pull the trash barrel out from under the sink, which is where it usually was, and so I would just have access to it the whole time, and then as soon as I was done, just take the trash out, because you don't want all these food scraps, like, sitting under your sink, just, like, rotting for the next couple days, but in Seattle, it is now illegal to throw away any food waste, which is really, really cool. Good for you, Seattle. So here, Ashley and Christopher, they compost all their food, food scraps from when they're meal prepping, which is really, really cool too. So one thing that I think is really important, and even back when I did meal prep, I used to try to do this, is meal prepping doesn't have to be this god-awful chore. It can actually be pretty fun if you 
if you take the time to make it fun, like anything else. Um, so what's some, some stuff that you, you and Christopher do to make meal prep not suck? Um, well, we do. Um, Christopher has an extensive uh, record collection. That's kind of his his hobby. So we like to listen to records um, in the morning when we're meal prepping, which uh, can also be a little bit of a challenge when your hands are dirty and it's time to flip the record. The other thing that we like to do uh, to make it a little bit, or at least I like to do, um, Christopher tends to get up a little bit later than me on Sundays and I try to let him sleep in. So I do try to sneak him in a breakfast maybe that he doesn't know that I'm making. A lot of times I have extra berries that I don't get to eat and I don't want them to go to waste. So I'll try to come up with just making him something that has berries or maybe bacon that we bought that I'm, yeah, seitan bacon that I'm not allowed to have necessarily, um, but he does get to. So I try to spoil him a little bit. That's how he does my dishes. So... (laughs) That's how, that's how we make it fun. How about you, Giacomo? You know, I, I like to watch TV when I meal prep sometimes, or other times I'll, I'll listen to some music. Just, you know, it keeps, it keeps it interesting, you know, catch up on a movie that I've been meaning to watch or. Yeah, we have an open kitchen that leads straight into our living room. So from the kitchen counter where you would be standing to meal prep anyway, you can see the TV just because of the way the house is set up. So it's not like we have a TV in our kitchen. We're not that weird. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's pretty nice. I mean, if you think about it, when you're cooking, even if you're cleaning up in between your meal prep, there's still some dead time, and that's where the that's where you can do other things that you might have otherwise you might otherwise put off, like doing the laundry, for example. I mean, how many of us want to do laundry? Uh, every single week not necessarily but if you have that dead time in between you know it's a good way to just fit it in yeah and also just you know spending time with whoever it is you're doing it with even when I'm not meal prepping and Giacomo is like we're still pretty much hanging out in the same area and you can just it's a good time to just talk to one another you know your face isn't in a screen for the most part and a lot of times our faces are in screens for work and just staring at your phone and you know, you actually get to speak to one another on a level more than just like, how's it going? How was your day? So you can make meal prep a lot of fun. And if you're a, if you're a busy person or if you're like a very regimented person who likes to sort of have a plan, meal prepping can be a really, really great way to stay on top of your goals and your health and all that jazz. So Ashley, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how can they find you? I have, I do have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, which I have been currently taking a little bit of hiatus from, uh, not for any particular reason other than just trying to uh, refocus and kind of actually live life um, in the moment instead of trying to live life for putting it on Instagram. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just enjoy it. Um, but I am still kind of keeping track of people who friend request or follow. So I'm at Plant Built Ashley uh, for Instagram and just Ashley Harrison on Facebook. And you can find more information about her also at plantbuilt.com. She's one of our current athletes, so you can find her there too. Thank you so much for coming on today, Ashley. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Okay. that was a lot of fun having Ashley on the show. It's it's not often that we get to interview guests in person, and I think it makes for a, a way better interview when we're uh, together. You know, speaking of meal prep, there you know, there's so many different ways to go about it, and I don't think that one way is necessarily better than another. And you know, another thing with 
you know, being, being involved with, with coaching and, and competing, you, you know, it's, it's pretty good practice to try to, f- to try to do different types of, of meal prep where sometimes you're preparing food in advance. Sometimes it's day of, sometimes, you know, you're f- eating specific meals and you have them planned out. Whereas other times you're, you're planning it in the middle of the day. And right now, I mean, I've, I've been, I've, I've been, you know, I've tried the meal prepping in advance for a while. And lately I've, I've kind of been winging it day of just to switch things up a little bit and see how I feel about it. And I've, I've been enjoying it actually. Yeah. Giacomo used to obsessively meal prep one day a week and like take four hours to set everything aside and meal prep everything for the week. And I've never been very good at that. Not, not because I am not actually good at it, but because I just prefer to eat my food fresh every day. And I know you can keep food fresh for several days, obviously, but I, my tastes change from day to day. I've never been very good at following an exact precise meal plan, which is kind of funny because Giacomo makes fun of me because I do eat the same thing every day. <laughs> the same freaking thing. See, he thinks it's the same day. thing, but like tiny things change about it. Well, no, the, the best <laughs> part, hold on. I'm not going <laughs> to, the best part about it is that I, I give her like something different, something small, you know, that's just so easy to, to plug in and I'm like hey why don't you try this this uh cookie or why don't you try this apple or something and she just looks at me it's like what is it not the same thing you eat every day so you're, you're a creature habit I like what I like and I know <laughs> what I like and that's what I want so yeah I don't want your damn cookie yeah and I and I need to have like something different every other minute I don't know why I think it's just you like rebelling against the fact that you ate the same thing every single day for years basically maybe but for me i do eat the same thing every morning for breakfast pretty much total creature of habit and while i'm eating my breakfast i sort of plan out the rest of my day and the way i do it is i always have the same breakfast very similar lunches every day similar dinners every day and then i have this meal in the middle of the day and that's kind of what i play around with with whatever macros i have available to me i just sort of make this like weird hodgepodge of things for my third meal every day and that's kind of where I play around but no matter what that meal is never my favorite meal anyway I haven't found anything that really works for me but I do my meal planning in the morning back when I used to work all day long I'd get up and leave the house I would wake up about a half an hour earlier than I probably needed to and I would just cook all my food for the day in the morning and put it all in my little containers and go off to work and that really really worked for me all of the food was you know pretty fresh all the way throughout the day for me definitely more fresh than if I had made it you know three days prior or something like that and I would just do that every single day and that allowed me to sort of make up what I wanted to eat for that day without like a huge commitment (laughs) to having to eat the same thing every day Mm -hmm. and I got to eat you know fresh food because I just suck at eating leftovers and to me a lot of times that's what it seems like is like you're eating leftovers and I don't like leftovers yeah or I mean just having limited choices where in other words five days in advance you've already planned what you're eating out for that day it's you can you can feel like you want to rebel i i feel like every single week actually i there was probably maybe one anywhere from like one to five meals that i never got around to well social engagements pop up or you're just not in the mood for what you made 
and you know so that's that's a downside but yeah because then you end up wasting food yeah exactly you end up wasting food but some potential upsides are i i do think that having that structure in place does save a bit of time yeah there uh some of some people are not ever in the kitchen long enough to to uh make their own meals or choose their own meals day of or even a day before some people are just you know commuting back and forth to work yeah. so i mean i also i know that we're like in a pretty privileged place right now where we work from home and we make our own schedules and n- most people are not doing that most people are getting up and going to work or they right. have other obligations at specific times and i think meal prepping in some way or another is so 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 important to so many people's success and i totally get that and i teach my clients how to do that absolutely especially in the beginning and it's just I, I my meal planning, my meal prepping has changed so much over the years to not doing it so mm-hmm. much because I am five feet from the kitchen all the time so I can make what I want when I want. Exactly. Um, some things that I do prep out and you do prep out, we prep out our supplements in advance. Yeah. Well, who wants to, to measure and all that, you know, scoop of this? Um, yeah capsule of that when, when you're taking multiple supplements uh, you know most people can relate to this like forgetting to take their vitamins or something how many people tell me every week oh i kind of forgot to take my vitamins for a few days it's really easy to forget to take your vitamins or what have you so we have little tiny containers like they're called go stacks and uh we put our supplements our powders or our capsules whatever of whatever it is we're taking in there for the week and then I just throw it in my gym bag at night. So it's already there for when I go to the gym the next morning. And I can take my supplements there. Now we carry those on the website. You can check them out at veganproteins.com. If you type in GoStack, you'll, you'll see Go Stack mm-hmm. with a K, with, no yes, C. Exactly. Yeah, GoStack, S-T-A-K. Anyhow, they're, they're mighty convenient. I, I really enjoy preparing those in advance. And, and like you said, it, it makes sure that I don't forget anything. Yeah, it's really, really, if you're trying to stay on a diligent supplement regimen planning those out in advance prepping them out in advance or sorting them pre-measuring them out in advance is really really a huge time saver Mm -hmm. and a mess saver it's not powder everywhere all the time it's just powder once the week and then you clean it up so so unfortunately our own personal meal prepping isn't really anything that exciting and what we do really isn't practical for most people so i totally understand that but you know we have both done meal prepping for extended periods of time in the past and we understand the value in that and you really have to find what works for you more than anything whether that's prepping your food just for the day doing it in one huge batch once a week doing it a couple times a week whatever works best for you um, just experiment around with it and see what feels best and this is why we had ashley on the show Moving on to our product review segment for this week's episode, we're taking a look at the ISO bag. What is the ISO bag? Yeah, what is the ISO bag? The ISO bag is basically a single person size food cooler slash lunchbox. Right. It's made out of like a canvasy material. It's insulated. It has pockets for water bottles and condiments and little silverware i'm the only one who uses little silverware but it has pockets for little silverware and it comes with its own tupperware which is kind of flimsy but you can fit about three to four meals in a medium-sized iso bag yeah and what i what i found very interesting about it 
is when you compare it to another popular bag on the market, the six-pack bag, it's smaller, and yet it seems to fit almost the same amount of meals in it, basically. I think it fits more. More? Think I so? I think so, yeah. And some some pros are that, well, one, the six-pack bag is stiff. You can't collapse it at all. So when you have to travel with that thing... It's enormous. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it's there, basically. You can't really pack it in your luggage if you have anything else in your luggage. And or if you're taking it on the plane, it can be a pain to, to stuff underneath the, the seat. Whereas you can't I, stuff it under the seat. You have to put it over your head. Yeah. And and the ISO bag is, is completely collapsible. So you can actually put it in your luggage when you're done or... When it's it. empty, you can squish it down, mm-hmm, which is pretty awesome. You know, we have an ISO bag and we have six-pack bags, so we don't, like, hate six-pack bags or anything like that. They're they're really cool, and they make some cool designs, like purses and backpacks and stuff like that. But to me, the six-pack bags seem to break down really quickly. Like, well, the zipper will yeah. snap, or it'll start to tear. And the ISO bag, first of all, was, like, half the price of the six-pack bag. Mm-hmm. And... It's super, super sturdy and durable. Well, and the reason being is because the, the ISO bags are, are manufactured in America, and I guess they're, they're doing a better job with the stitching on them, whereas opposed to maybe they're the, the six-pack bags are, are factory-made and, and just not, not as much quality control yeah, on they're the made overseas. production process on them. And so we have, like I said, like Danny was saying, we have both bags, and the, the six-pack bag, the stitching is all ripped off and the inside is exposed on them. And the ISO bag, you know, it's still intact, and we got them around the same time. Yeah. So if you're a person who packs all their food for the day and takes it with them to work, I think the ISO bag is great because when you're done, you can just squish it down and put it in your other bag, you know, assuming you don't have it full of Tupperware or anything like that. They come in a bunch of colors. They're made here in the USA. They're made in a pretty small factory, although they are growing. Giacomo and I are actually considering carrying them at veganproteins.com so keep your eye open for that in the near future mm-hmm. and they're they're a lot more affordable than the other similar bags on the market like six-pack bags so iso bags get our thumbs up all right moving on to our question segment for this week and we asked for meal prep questions specifically and actually got a lot of questions and thank you so much for getting back to us with that let's let's take a look at some of them over here and and we'll we'll try to get to as many as we can first question was on facebook by denise wolf and she asked uh, i want to know it all how long does the food stay fresh tips and tricks for storage how do you figure out what to eat and how much this is all new to me so i'm excited that you are doing this podcast Well, thanks, Denise. I'm glad you're excited about it. We're excited to make it. So the first thing about how the food stays fresh, Ashley gave a great, great, great tip about keeping salads fresh with the paper towel at the bottom of the Tupperware container and leaving it open so it kind of dries out. I mean, that's a brilliant tip and one that I haven't really heard elsewhere. Other ways to keep food fresh. I mean, most foods will stay fresh for up to a week in the fridge. Cut up vegetables, maybe not so much. If you do cut up vegetables, especially crunchy ones like carrots or onions or cucumber or even squash and zucchini, you can keep them fresh in the fridge by submerging them in water. So covering them in 
in water and then closing the container and putting it in the fridge and that's going to keep them crunchy instead of getting all wilty and soggy so that's great if you like make sandwiches in the morning you know get your onion out of there so it's still crispy and not wilty and gross anything that you can put off cutting until that day is better like if you know let's if you're packing lunches for your kids or something like that waiting till that morning to slice up the apple obviously is going to stop it from turning brown as far as storage goes this can this really depends on the household for a lot of people it's not practical to portion everything out into single meals and tupperware and put them in the fridge because that's just going to take up so much more space so certain things you can portion out individually like maybe your soy yogurt or something like that, you know, put it into their own little individual containers. But some things like like grains, like rice, quinoa, and beans, and things like that, I think it's better to keep them in a large container in the fridge. So like the brown rice is in a large container, your beans are in a large container, and then you just put them together in the morning as you need them. It'll take you an extra five minutes in the morning, but if you don't have the space, that's a better way to do it. Uh, As far as the containers go, there are lots and lots of types of containers that you can get. I know a lot of people are plastic-free, so there are some glass containers that you can use. I'm a big fan of mason jars because you can use them for so many different things. Uh, If you are going to use, well, basically whatever, whatever type of container you choose to use, I highly suggest that you get the kinds that nest together so that you don't have to take up a ton of space in your cabinets or your drawers or whatever with Tupperware or Pyrex dishes or something like that. So try to get the kinds that nest just to take up less space when they're empty. And ones that lock well on top because the the last thing you want is is your meal popping open. That is a very good point. In your bag. That you bring up there. And even a lot of the ones that say that they lock tight still don't. Uh, I know Rubbermaid makes a pretty good one. The, on, the, on the plastic side. I think the Ziploc ones are pretty good too. Yeah, you just have to make sure that you're getting the right Ziploc ones. Yeah. Um, as far as f- knowing how much to prep and of what, that's kind of a much a bigger topic for another day. So we'll set that question to the side and we'll come back to that again on another day when we talk about sort of designing your own meal plan and flexible dieting and things like that. So we're not not answering you, we're just putting that one off for a little bit. So our next question, kind of two questions, come from Instagram from Sunshine Superhero asks, how do you hit macro goals without meat substitutes like Beyond Meat, Gardein, etc.? And then CS216 asked the same question and said also, what are the best veggies to add more whole food protein? Okay, that's a pretty good two-parter there because the second question kind of helps answer the first one. The uh, macro goals, well, I mean, it depends on on what they are, right? Um, But I'm going to go ahead and assume that we're trying to make sure we're meeting our protein requirements and we're doing that without meat alternatives. And uh, vegetables are are great. I mean, the amount of protein in dark green leafy vegetables specifically, talking spinach, for example, or broccoli is another good one. Mushrooms. Mushrooms. About, what are they, about 40% protein, I think, roughly? Mushrooms are, yeah, they're somewhere Something between like 40 and 50% protein. I mean, you need to eat a lot of them to get a significant amount of total protein, but mushrooms cook down pretty small. Yeah. So you can start with a lot. 
Yeah, and you'd be surprised just how much the uh, protein points rack up when you start adding in uh, these these vegetables, uh, specifically protein dense ones. I mean, they also ask. They just the first person said just without meat substitutes like Beyond Meat and Gardein. So I mean, protein powders. Obviously, there's so many to choose from that if you're avoiding certain foods like soy or gluten or what have you. Allergies. For allergies mm. or or whatever reason. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different protein powders on the market. And it's really easy to just like throw a half a scoop of it in a green smoothie or something like that to just bump up your protein for that day. Other little protein extras. Um, nutritional yeast is a good one. The Explore Asian Black Bean Pasta, which we've talked about on this show before. I love that stuff. It's the only ingredients in it are black beans and water. You know what's pretty awesome And it's about super it? high in protein. It like, cooks faster than normal pasta. Yeah. It's a pretty fast cooker. As soon as it's the water's mm. boiled, I mean, bam, it's ready in five minutes. And as far as beans go, because everybody always wants to ask about beans as a protein source, the best bean to eat to get the most protein are lentils. I mean, aside from soybeans, obviously. Mm. Um but lentils. And if you do eat soy, edamame is really, really good too. Next question is from at TG underscore green gains on Instagram. And he asks, how far in advance can you prep rice and lentils and how long do they keep for in the fridge? So TG green gains is actually one of my clients. So what's up, Kyle? I'm going to answer your question on the podcast. All right. (laughs) Um, So the cool thing about rice and beans actually is you can cook an enormous pot of each of them and then freeze most of it. Once it's cooked, you can just freeze it until a couple days before you need it, and then it just has to thaw and be reheated, and you can eat it. So essentially, you could make it way in advance. I mean, you could make it probably a month in advance and just store as much of it as you can in your freezer. Um, as far as how long it'll actually stay good in the fridge for, I would say not more than five days. Like by the fifth day, if it's if it's just a big batch of rice and beans in each container or whatever, um, by the fifth day it starts to get a little gummy. I mean, you can do day six and day seven, but you're kind of pushing it. Yeah, you're pushing it. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say I would say five days. Five five days is what I'm comfortable saying (laughs) on on a podcast there yeah um but like i said freeze as much of it as you can and then when you know you only have like a day left in the fridge pull out another few days from the freezer and part of that is once you cook it you can portion it into like big ziploc bag type things and put those in the freezer so you can pull out one at a time because if you try and freeze all your rice or all your lentils together you're going to be left with a rice brick <laughs> in your freezer and it's going to be really hard to just get some of it i don't know rice brick kind of sounds good right about now <laughs> i haven't had dinner yet <laughs> so so yeah that that is my advice for cooking uh, rice and lentils which i know you like quite a bit our next question is from instagram uh, username is, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this. I'm sorry. And I see you on Instagram all the time. So I know who you are. <laughs> uh, name is Ashja, Ashja Solja. Ashja Solja, I think. How do you preserve tofu? I usually grocery shop every two weeks. Sometimes after one week, my tofu is rotten. You know, there's actually a really good way to do this. And it, and it even changes the texture and taste a little bit in a good way the uh what you do basically is just freeze it 
That's it. And when you're ready to use it, thaw it out either overnight in the refrigerator or day of on the counter. And it comes out, the tofu actually has a, a meatier and chewier texture to it. After it's been frozen. Right, after it's been frozen, as opposed to just ta- having it fresh out of the package. And I actually learned this because I think I asked you, we, we were at a, a restaurant in, in Oregon, in Portland, called Hungry Tiger 2. And they, they just, I was like, how the hell do they make the tofu taste like that? Like, why is it so chewy? And you told me they froze it. And I just, I was like, what? Like, you freeze tofu? And <laughs> it was like game changing. <laughs> so I, I was pretty excited about that because I, I personally... I enjoy it way more after it's frozen and been thawed out. I, I guess it's more of a personal preference. It is. Some people don't like it. So I would say just do it with one block or, or something like that just to see if you like it or not because it's a little bit – it is chewier, it is meatier, but some people say it's a little spongier too. I think it's really good, but I know that not everybody likes it that way. Um, another way that you can preserve your tofu, this is how I used to do it, is I would cook it up all at once. Um like make a huge batch of baked tofu because that's my favorite way to have tofu anyway is like sliced pretty thin on a cookie sheet with some uh, parchment paper under it and just some seasonings on it and I would bake it until it gets a little bit crispy on the outside and once it's cooked it stays good in the fridge much much longer than when it's like sitting in water in the fridge so that's another thing that you could do that for the whole week I don't know if it would work for two weeks, but I know that you can do it for one week. I'm not sure if it would last for two weeks, though. It will last in the freezer, obviously, but that is um, up to your tastes and whether or not you like it that way. All right. And the next question is uh, a couple people asked this, actually. Fit, uh, at Fitness You Can Live With and at Vegan Fit, fit Lady. I rarely eat Gardein and Beyond Meat products, but track my macros every day. So I rely a lot on tofu, tempeh, beans, etc. But sometimes I want to throw a lower carb day in there. I feel like tofu is my only option. And then the second part of this, uh, at Vegan Lady says, Yeah, I'm curious too. I personally like homemade seitan, but curious if I can incorporate more beans without being too much on carbs. So again, kind of like Giacomo said, it really all depends on what your macronutrient goals are at this point in time. If you're in a maintenance or a building phase or something like that, it's probably not going to be too hard to hit your protein goals without using mock meats or anything like that. If you're on a cut of any kind, it becomes a little bit more difficult and a little bit more important that you hit your protein protein goals for that day. They might be a little bit higher. When, doing, uh, when trying to do a low-carb day, as a vegan who does not consume mock meats like Beyond Meat and Gardein, it can be a little bit challenging. I I mean, tofu is a great food to have on a lower carb day. Seitan is fantastic. I really, really like that as well. And then just a lot, lot, lot of veggies because you're not going to be having grains or they're things filling. like that. They are filling, um, but they're not very calorically dense, which can be good when you're on a cut. But They do have a significant amount of protein per calorie, but you can only eat so many of them. So a few other things, like I said before, nutritional yeast is great. That black bean pasta is fantastic. So you get 25 grams of protein for 17 grams of carbs. That's by Explore Asian. And again, uh, throwing in a protein shake in there, however you, whichever one you prefer, can be really, really good as well. As far as incorporating beans without getting too many carbs... 
Um, so a lot of people and a lot of vegans perpetuate this idea that beans are high in protein and they're really not uh, compared. I mean, mushrooms are higher in protein than beans per se. Mushrooms are like 40 percent mm-hmm. protein and beans i was looking up uh, black beans today actually they're 22 percent protein they're 70 something percent carbs beans are really a carb basically i mean i don't like to call anything a protein food or a carb food because they all have a little bit of everything mm-hmm. but if you had to call beans something they're a carbohydrate so but when the protein in the beans will sneak up. I mean, it'll oh, help yeah. add. Absolutely. The protein in beans is not to be discounted or anything right. like that. But if you're specifically trying to keep your carbs at a certain level, beans are, it's pretty easy to push you over the edge. Yeah, you have with to be beans. loading up on beans. You're not going to be meal. using beans as a protein source on a lower carb day. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that. Unless you're like a big guy with this crazy fast metabolism, but... We can't all be that lucky. So if you do choose to incorporate beans in some way, again, I would suggest that black bean pasta. I can't speak highly enough about that. And if you are going to work beans in there somehow, lentils, soybeans, those are really, really good as well. And the last question we have here today is from Instagram. It's at the vegan Barbie with underscores. Would love meal prep ideas for people who have no canteen or microwave at work. So stuff you can eat cold without reheating. Love the podcast so much. Wish there was a new one every day. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, the vegan Barbie. Stuff you can do without a canteen or microwave. Overnight oats go over pretty well. You just basically, you know, toss whatever you want um, in some dry oats, pour some water, and the night before and then morning of, you have something good that you don't have to reheat uh what else salads obviously are a mm-hmm. really really good one and you can get really really creative with salads so it's not super boring you can put beans on there you can Nuts. throw grains on there uh you could do you know like a, a three bean salad a cold three bean salad which is so so good uh i'm a huge sandwich girl i love sandwiches and even sandwiches that are supposed to be eaten hot still can taste really good when they're cold so i do love sandwiches hummus hummus and pita like a like a maza platter grape leaves carry some baby carrots or something you can baby carrots fruit obviously mm-hmm. is always really good bringing a smoothie with you of some kind a lot of people make a fruit smoothie or a protein smoothie or a green smoothie they make it at night put it in the fridge so it gets really really cold overnight some people even freeze it And then they take it to work frozen, and throughout the day it thaws out. And then, you know, it's cold, but it's liquid and drinkable by the middle of the day. So that's kind of a nice pick-me-up in the middle of a work day. Oh, um, another thing that we thought about was the baked tofu that you can buy at, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where you're located, but like Trader Joe's has them. I'm sure Whole Whole Foods has them. They're like marinated baked tofu in different flavors, and they're delicious cold. They don't need to be heated up at all. Sounds gross to be eating cold, uncooked tofu, but this is cooked. It's pre-cooked and delicious. So, And you can throw that on a salad or in a sandwich. I find that if you slice it really thin, it kind of tastes like cheese, which is weird. But yeah, that's delicious. All 
right, everybody, and that's the end of our 11th episode of Vegan Protein's Muscles by Brussels Radio. Thanks so much for all the questions. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you have any more, feel free to reach out, and you can find us at Vegan Proteins on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you could even check us out at veganproteins.com. Once again, my name is Giacomo. And I'm Danny. And thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week.